is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. This is Live at Five, Live yeah, at Five, well, Live at Five. Hello, everybody! Keith Jackson here. Ah, sorry. My Keith Jackson impersonation. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are now ahead 14-zip. So uh, you can watch or the game with me. Watch the game on your phone, wherever the hell you are. And uh, listen, of course, to me on the Live at Five show. What do you do? It's like a two-for-one. It's a twofer. You know, I just uh, get a couple of drinks on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, anyway, it's not Sunday afternoon. It's, it's Monday afternoon. It's dark out, and you already knew that. But it's good to see that Buffalo is uh, actually, uh, it's clear skies. I saw a video or a picture of Buffalo earlier this afternoon, and uh, it's uh, clear skies. So it looks like we should have the same, if not tonight, tomorrow morning. Because it's been, uh, today was, is, is declared the most depressing day of the year, the 15th of January. Now, I don't know if it's the 15th or the second Monday of, of January, because Monday's, you know, a mo- Monday in July is depressing. But nonetheless, it's depressing now. Oh, but what, what happened here? All right, so I won't be distracted. Sorry. The, the comfort zone is, look, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I appreciate the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> I'm not a Buffalo fan. I, I don't qualify myself that way. Nor will I ever qualify myself as a Dallas Cowboy fan. <clears throat> what an abysmal performance last night. And, of course, yours truly predicted it. Um, they're just not very good. And I don't know what it is. Everyone wants to like Dak for a lot of reasons. Something like Rush Limbaugh would say years ago about Donovan McNabb. Uh, but uh, it's just not in the cards. So, anyway, not a sports show. But uh, considering the fact that uh, the game was supposed to be uh, yesterday uh, in Orchard Park, is uh, now being played as we speak, and Buffalo is is ahead. So <clears throat> on Monday, on, check that on Friday night, I left here, went home, of course, and went to the grocery store. Started talking to my sister, who lives in Jersey, and I looked at my clock, and it said it said uh, a quarter to seven, and I, oh, I got to get out of here. And and she says, why? I said, well, I'm going to be on uh, the Michael Schwartz show, the two Mikes and Kelly. Although at the time, I didn't know who Kelly was. But now I do. And Michael Schwartz, of course, has been on this show uh, at least four or five times. I invited me to be on his, uh, his new podcast, uh, which I believe he does like two, three times a week. Friday night is kind of an open, you know, mic type of thing. And I was on there for a good 10, 12, 13 minutes or so. And I even told him, I said, geez, I've never been on this end. I mean, speaking to, uh, to uh, Jeff Graham, uh, walking in, you know, uh, you know, we got Glenn Curry and... Uh, Put the mic on, okay? Yeah, right. 
Uh, that would be my only experience. I've been interviewed on Channel 7 a couple of times. I've never been on the other end of being interviewed. You know, I, I, I remember going to Vegas years ago hoping that I would be on one of those, uh, I'd be in the backseat of, of one of those uh, Vegas cab drives where you become part of a reality series. I forget the name of it. Something cab. I said, well, you know, when I was young, I wanted to be a ballet dancer. You know, it's like, no, that's not happening. It was just a normal cab with someone who didn't speak English. It was kind of discouraging. So I was on uh, that show Friday night, did it right from my, uh, right from my uh, attic. At first, I had my headsets on thinking that would work. It didn't. It muted out the microphone, so I already looked like an idiot right from the beginning. And then there was a slight delay, which I thought was my fault, but uh, it isn't. It's just the trials and tribulations of doing stuff like that. Um, you're going to be about a second or two behind. It's a little difficult to get you know, used to that, but they use a program. It's similar to Zoom. I've used it before. I'm not subscribed to it now. I, if, if, if I ever went back into that, I would. StreamYard is the name of the uh, platform. It's very good, and uh, it looks very professional. So that was Friday night, and uh, the lovely bride uh, and myself, Sharon, uh, sat at home waiting for uh, the cable to come back on. The Internet was working, but the, the streaming service wasn't. I don't know if that was the case for you. But, it, it, again, like I said last week when we lost electricity, water's never appreciated until the well runs dry. Uh, uh, boy, I tell you what, life sucks when you don't have the internet either. Can they write? Can they make that into a bumper sticker? So, Glenn, I, I think that's. I think that demonstrates how jaded you are. So, well, yeah, it does. I don't really care. Where's my internet? The other thing that I've noticed uh, in recent years is, uh, uh, speaking of speaking of sports, is how jaded fans have become have have gotten. Uh, and I'll use one example, and I'll get into a story that just happened this past weekend in Chicago. Where this one kid, he's a skinny kid, and he dares people. He what he he purposely goes to like uh, it, um, it, he'll go to an NFL stadium as people are going to the into the stadium. They're all like if if it's Pittsburgh, he'll he'll wear the direct opposite shirt. So if the Steelers are hosting, say the Cardinals or whatever, it doesn't really matter. He'll wear a Cardinals jersey. So as people walk by, they're like, oh, screw you, the Cardinals suck. And it's like, oh, get, you know, go to the gym. And, and then he dares them because he's a skinny kid. He's got big glasses on. He's got a cameraman. He's an influencer. He's just a pain in the ass waiting for trouble. But what he shows is how mean-spirited everybody is, especially on college campuses and uh, the language that comes out of not just the guys but the women that go by him. Screw you. And believe me, they're not saying screw you. Uh, it's just it's so sad. So it, this leads to what happened. I believe it was on Saturday. They had a, uh, a, a presentation for Jerry Krause's widow. Jerry Krause was the owner of the uh, uh, Chicago Bulls and the Chicago White Sox, which is not too uncommon. I believe the, 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 the same family that owns uh, the Pajoya family, whatever, in Buffalo, they also own the Sabres. Uh, same thing in Arizona. They had you know one Italian guy owned the team, blah, blah, blah. So uh, she is there, and they're at the United Center where Michael Jordan played uh, his greatest days and perhaps the greatest f- basketball franchise as a result of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. What? Not really. Uh, what, you know, were, were, were the days of uh, the early 90s? Uh, well, I don't know how many titles he won. But if you saw the, the Last Dance, you know everything there is to know about Michael Jordan. One of the best documentaries ever made. Well, unfortunately, within the context of the of the out of 10, 12, how many parts that that documentary had about Michael Jordan called The Last Dance, uh, it, it shed some negativity on the owner, Jerry Krause. 
So this is, this is decades later after the Bulls were the Bulls. You know, they haven't been since when Jordan left. And and here it is. They uh, Jerry Krause died uh, in 2017. Why it took them that long to have Jerry Krause night, I have no idea. The only thing I could think of was maybe COVID, whichever. So his wife is there. And uh, they have this big presentation on the scoreboard above and blah, blah, blah. And they're making a present. They're talking about Jerry Krause. The fans, not all of them, but a good deal of them are booing. They're booing the legacy of Jerry Krause, the guy that, that delivered. I mean, say what you want, you know, afterwards. And, you know, maybe he didn't give Jordan enough money here or there or there was some controversy. But at the end of the day, if, if you're a Knicks fan— and you had a Michael Jordan, you had an owner. First of all, the Knicks have arguably one of the worst owners ever. He's the richest owner, by the way, of all of them. But he's just a pain in the neck. And he's he's part of the the Dolan family has owned the Knicks forever. And not to mention Madison Square Garden. And but it wouldn't matter. I don't care. I don't care if he set fire to the garden and 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 people would New York fans would still pay homage to him, just like they do to Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner wasn't uh, wasn't too easy to swallow. Did a lot of stupid things. He was the Mo Green of ownership, but he delivered just like Kraus did. But they booed him. They booed him right in front of his widow, and she's. It's a very sad thing to do. There's a there's a man standing. Behind, I'm assuming it's her son, son-in-law, or someone in her family consoling her, and she's crying. This woman's got to be at I don't know seventy, eighty, maybe whatever. Doesn't matter. I don't care if she was six and a half. There should be no reason why these fans are reacting that way. Considering what what uh, what Jordan uh, delivered as a result to Jerry Krause, and and whether you know some people say, well, it was just it was just luck, blah blah blah. You know the the the, uh, the Knicks got uh, Pat, Patrick Ewing because of the lottery, whatever. You know I get it, but you still have to give credit where credit is due. And yet here it is because of the dance and that negativity about Jerry Krause, uh, they they made a big stink about it and made fools of themselves. It leads to one thing, John Sterling. The announcer of the New York Yankees, he's, he's still the announcer. He's up there in age. He's not, he's not as healthy anymore, works alongside Susan Waldman. And he said something years ago, and he brings it up every now and then, but it really is indicative of where fans are today. Getting back to the skinny kid waiting in front of a ball game, chastising or egging people on uh, to use profanity and whatnot. It comes down to one thing. The success of their team has gone to their head. And it's everywhere. It's not just the fans. You got this Skip Bayless guy out of the uh, Dallas Star. And he and, and uh, Shannon Sharp and, and, and uh, people over the years uh, have this open, over-the-desk uh, kind of uh, open discussion on ESPN. They've been doing it for years. And, and Skip Bayless is just says stupid, stupid things about right, right to Shannon Sharp's face and others. And, 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 uh, and, and the players don't like it. Why? Because the guy, just like Stephen A. Smith, He's got all, he's all talk, but he's never picked up a basketball or football or baseball in his life. And, and this, uh, Skip Bayless is the type of guy that empowers the fans to think like he does, like we're the experts. Back in the day, they would call it the, more, uh, the Monday morning uh, arm, armchair quarterback, whichever, uh, I'm an authority. You're not an authority. You, 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 you're, you're drinking a Bush beer light in your hand. You're not an authority. You've never played the game before. And granted, that doesn't mean that they should only have jocks in the booth calling the game each and every week. It doesn't mean that at all. But you should have a, a humble awareness to where you should talk about and what you shouldn't talk about. And I also equate it to the women. And again, this is sexist. I can't believe he said that. The women standing on the sidelines 
in uh, Armani, uh, you know, uh, boots and leather jackets, and like, uh, oh, what, what, what's, uh, how, how are you going to uh, contain the defense in the in the in the secondary? Uh, you know, how's the secondary going to be able to ha- to handle the uh, the run in this in the in this in the third quarter? Shut the hell up. Ask another question. How, how do you, how do the guys feel about their performance in the first half? Well, you know, Melissa, it's something like this. That's great. What you, have, uh, you know? What what type of incentives did you give them in the locker room coming into the second half? Well, I told them instead. Just just that's all you got to say. That's all you got to say. But everyone's an expert, and as a result of all that, plus sports radio, like the fan in New York, it's just made made fans and people stupid and really really jaded. COVID's done a lot. So right now, and this this explains why there's fights in the stands all the time. Uh, my my algorithms. I wish I could. I wish there could be something that would just delete all my algorithms and I can start all over again. Actually, I don't want to do that because I kind of like it. But nonetheless, every time I turn on my phone, uh, either on Facebook or Instagram, particularly after yesterday's uh, Dallas loss, it just shows irate people in the stands beating up on each other. So get over it. I know it's difficult. I've been through a lot of bad losses with the Yankees and, yes, the SU Orange. Terrible losses. Were the biggest. I, I couldn't believe how depressed I was when they lost to Indiana in 1987. I'll never forget that day for as long as I live. But this, these are the teams you chose. Don't act like a child. And better yet, don't start screaming for someone to lose their job because, because the team didn't perform yesterday. And that's all you see these days. It extends beyond sports, by the way. But, boy, sports has gotten a lot worse in recent years. 755-1240 is the number. 755-1240. Pittsburgh's got the ball. It's in midfield, first and 10. And there's there's another first down for Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh's moving the ball. 755-1240. Let's just determine how many people are actually watching or listening today. I'm competing with the biggest game of the year so far. They win this, of course. They go uh, play. They will host uh, Kansas City. So that will be next week. Uh, what's on your mind? We'd like to know. What happened in Watertown over the weekend? Really not much other than the fact that uh, it snowed. Uh, quite honestly, I thought we'd have a lot more snow than this. And it's that powdery snow, too. So I'm not complaining. And we got the, we got the, uh, the winter season way late this year. We're ahead of the curve. It's already the mid- middle of January. Yes, it's snow. I don't even know if it's snowing right now, but it's going to be snowing uh, heavily Wednesday and Thursday and, and right through this weekend. But we expect this. This is the, that time of year uh, where we get in snow. And, and again, uh, uh, we just haven't gotten that much through uh, November, December, and early January. So we're ahead of the curve. Uh, I mean, the first thing uh, people respond to that, well, I mean, it's going to be snowing in late May and early June. Well, if so be it. Uh, by then, at least, the days will be longer. That, that's, uh, that's very encouraging. Someone's texting me. Uh, let's see who who that might be. Dip, 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 day. Oh, and of course, it's uh, my lovely wife, Sharon. Uh, we might actually go uh, and meet up with friends at a local bar after this. And Sharon also says it's not snowing. I'll just say, okay, babies. Very, very nice. Uh, we might meet up with someone uh, to watch the second half of the game. And so far, this is this is comforting to know that they're ahead by that margin. Seven, five. Anybody? Any rags, any bones, any bottles today, any rags. <clears throat> it's uh, already uh, 522, so let's do this. Uh, let's highlight some of our sponsors. I'll get a couple of things out on the computer, uh, so maybe we can share and talk about that. Uh, you're listening to the Live at Five show. We'll be back uh, right after this. You've been hearing about Herringer's contracting, and now your roof is leaking. So get on the fops giving you problems. Call Herringer's now, the roof people who always call you back. 
Uh, welcome back. And like I mentioned, Pittsburgh is moving the ball. So they're in uh, Buffalo territory as we speak. All right, so one thing I failed to do because we, we've had a decent amount of guests on. Tomorrow, by the way, John Morger comes in with a guest. And I'll give you more information about that. But what that, uh, John Morger and, and uh, guests will be in tomorrow. Last time we had John in here is when uh, the, uh, Mike Sherman stopped by, the former coach of the Green Bay Packers, who won yesterday, handedly, uh, to discuss the proposed uh, mega center, sports center out in the town of Houndsville. So that's tomorrow. I also had someone else scheduled. I had to move that. That's a friend of mine who's uh, in, embroiled in the, or upset with this notion that uh, property on Point Peninsula, where she resides and has many properties, she's been there pretty much all of her life, uh, would be the spot or could have been the spot of a rock quarry as built by the Sheehan Construction Company out of Potsdam. Jim Sheehan is his name, and he came uh, to Point Peninsula about a year ago, uh, and he purchased the old campground, put a ton of money into the place. He continues to put money into the place. But while he started everything, he proposed at the same time that part of the property would be turned into a quarry, a rock quarry, similar to what you hear, for instance, of the L.A. quarry in Lafargeville, um, other companies around here, so forth. Uh, well, the, the, the natives didn't want that. Uh, despite the fact that uh, Jim Sheehan you know, really brought uh, the island back, and by the island I refer to Point Peninsula because for the most part it, it is an island, but... Um, people did not like the notion of heavy trucks and traffic and dust and fracking because you would have to be blowing up the rock to, to you know, they thought that would disturb the, uh, the tranquility and disrupt, uh, you know, the whole community, which for the most part is, is designated agriculture or tourism, whichever. Uh, needless to say, at that point, uh, the developer, Mr. Sheehan, pulled his permit of request off the table. In fact, uh, Reggie Schweitzer is the supervisor of the town of Lyme, and he, you know, he uh, d- uh, disseminated some information about this, uh, uh, this, uh, this change of mind, if you will, for the lack of a better way of putting it. And people are still up in arms saying, he's going to do it, he's going to do it. I don't agree with that. I think when he saw the opportunity, like any businessman, like, well, you know, if, if, if you buy a property and there's, there's, there's gold in it, you're going to mine for gold. Uh, and that's maybe a, a, an absurd uh, uh, a comparison because no one's going to stop anyone from mining for gold if there's gold there. But he just lo- saw it as an opportunity to enhance or, you know, get, get money back on his, re- on his return of, of investment. He's put in millions of dollars into this place. Uh, but at the same time, putting in a rock quarry probably would, wasn't a very good idea. Uh, when he withdrew his permit request, uh, people still are on this like, no, he's going to come back. And this is what I was kind of saying before. I mean, I, it's always good to be cautious. It's good to be guarded. It's always good to suspect, you know, different things because then you'll never be surprised. But at the same time, this guy's brought a lot of good things to Point Peninsula. I refrain from saying that on Facebook because people are still up in arms about this, this the original request or inquiry uh, and still think it's going to happen. I, again, no one wants no one wants their property to, you know, to be disrupted in any way, and I that includes me. I don't want someone building a twenty foot fence between my property and his property, whether it's legal or not. That that to me is that would piss me off. But in this particular situation, I see this as he thought it was a good idea. He saw the upright. He saw the uh, how, how uh, the community uh, stood up to it, and he walked away. But today, that's not enough. It seems people are just. What is it? Uh, I'm from Missouri. You got to show me. You know, I'm still not convinced. 
you got to be convinced after a while. And better yet, you should speak to the man, too, and find out where he's at. It's my feeling, at least. But we'll speak to Laney at another time. John Moore just coming in tomorrow. And I'm just being very, I don't know, a lot of you may not know what I'm referring to. But these types of situations happen all the time. I remembered, for instance, if, if you're familiar with people that have property in Lake Bonaparte out there near Harrisville. And years ago, you know, all of a sudden, all these community, you know, the, the community of, say, Lake Bonaparte is very similar to community in this bungalow colony or in this community, this cul-de-sac. We're all together. And as people move on or die, whichever, um, new people come in. So property values in Lake Bonaparte, needless to say, went from, say, you know, uh, a property on the lake in 1980 of, say, 100 feet wide and 200 feet deep. Even with a cabin on, it was probably no more than 40 grand, if that. And you move on to 1990, 1995, it goes from 40 to 60. You go to 2005, it goes from 60 to 110. You go from 2005 to 2015, to all of a sudden you're looking at new housing, new construction, uh, new faces, new doctors, people from down say, look at the beauty, it's the Adirondacks, oh my God, it's quality lifestyle, I'll, I'll pay $500,000. So great. But then all of a sudden the community said, oh, you can't walk through people's yard anymore. Why can't we do that? My grandfather's been walking through this yard all along because this is my property. And I just bought it for 400 grand. I'm going to put up a fence now so people like you can't come through here. But wait a minute. You're not one of us. That's what happens. You get, you get people from other areas that are associated with different things. This is my property, not yours. Get the frig out of here. And that kind of disturbs things. People don't like that. And, and neither do I. I don't like it either. But you have to have a compromise. You have to realize that things are changing. These aren't properties that are going for pennies on the dollar. These are quality properties that when a doctor comes up here from Philly, New York, Boston, whichever, and his eyes open up like quarters, like, oh, my God, I can have a quality property like this for under $500,000 sold, unsight, unseen. Everyone thinks that's great. Everyone's assessment goes up. Get more taxes. You get more roads leading in. You get this, that. That's fine. But then you start realizing that the community that you want, community rather, that you once had isn't what it used to be anymore. People don't like that. So that's why I bring up the situation going on over there in uh, Lake Bonaparte. But I believe in my heart, and because I met Mr. Sheenan only once, but when I found out he withdrew his request, I'd say he's a man of his word. All right, so that said, I mentioned the, count, uh, the, the state of Missouri, um, the, the, the show-me state. I have, uh, and so does Je- uh, Jeff for that matter, I, I, we have a listener who is originally from here, I'll just say his name is Brian, because that's his name. And this guy, just like years ago when uh, Cashier Tom used to summarize, I don't know if it was Cashier Tom or someone else, used to summarize the hotline shows day by day. I Granny Grunt called in, ba-ba-ba, this happened, and then uh, Lefty called in about this. And it, w- it, was on, it wasn't Facebook, it was on something or other that everyone looked at. It was, I think it was the grapevine. And then Google replaced that, and then, of course, Facebook replaced everything. Well, this gentleman actually knows my email, and will summarize, in this case, an entire week. He's done it for the last two weeks. I forgot to read the previous week, which is, which is my bad, because he, t- he takes time not only to listen to the show, but actually to summarize it. So this is last week, seven days ago, as of today, Monday. He says, I agree, tired of seeing the Miami coach's dumbass look. That goes back to uh, my comments said about the, uh, the young coach of the Miami Dolphins looking up at the scoreboard as he lost to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Jim, Jim Levine, he, he spells his name wrong. Jim Levin, I got the crud. Apparently Jim came in last Monday. 
And then the guy says, so I think I'll come into the studio and breathe on you. It's kind of funny. And then Donnie uh, called in last Monday. Donnie wants Curry to ask Congresswoman. Oh, right. We had Congresswoman Tenney on last Monday. Donnie, Flat Earth Donnie, wants Curry to ask Congresswoman about the, about the Space Force. Donnie is also worried about space but thinks the Earth is flat. Okay. Uh, double bones points to Glenn Curry for Roadhouse reference. I must have made a Roadhouse reference. Not uncommon. Which was set to allegedly have had taken place uh, close to uh, his hometown of Kansas City. That's true. Um, is it Jasper, Missouri? Or I forget the name of the town they use. It's clearly the movie Roadhouse is clearly not shot in Missouri. It's it's so obvious because you can see like the desert terrain and the mountains in the background. It's shot somewhere out in some hillside set in California. Um, oh, and he also agrees that the doctor was hot in that movie. I think her name was Kelly Lynch. If I'm not mistaken, I think she shows off her derriere in that uh, movie. Uh, Curry to Levin, you're worse than Danny Francis. I remember saying that. I can't believe it's been a week already. And then also, excellent interview with the congresswoman. Well, thank you very much, Brian. So that was Monday. Then we move on to Tuesday. Colonel Whiskers agree with, with Curry. Jason Statham is perfect uh, for James Bond role. Yeah, um... I don't know who Colonel Whiskers is, to be quite honest. Jason, I don't know how he's going to analyze this because he's going to have to analyze today on me analyzing last week. Uh, Jason Statham, of course, who's in that new movie called The Beekeeper and many other movies. He always wears black leather gloves. Always talks like this. Uh, is perfect as a James Bond role. He should have been, but he wasn't. Uh, apparently last Tuesday, a call is a Glenn, you're not a baby boomer. And I said, yes, I am. And, uh, yeah, I did tell him that because baby boomers go from 1947 to 1965. Uh, also, last Tuesday, uh, uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in the news. Apparently, he has po- uh, prostate cancer. Curry says, with all the secrecy people, we're thinking maybe, oh, my God, I can't even read this. I won't read this. <laughs> Can you believe I said that? By the way. I, someone should have a drinking game for the amount of times I say, by the way, you'd be drunk in three minutes. Um, I shared something with my brother, and it happened back in the 70s when the gong show with Chuck Barrett. Remember the gong show? It used to be with Gary Owen, the daytime version. Oh, no. Chuck Barris did. I forget. One or the other. Chuck Barris fired Gary Owens and did both. And they said he was high on cocaine. He was banging J.P. Morgan, not the banker. Uh, Jamie Farr was on the show. Phyllis Diller. So this, this, it, I, I, I can't believe this happened. With all the craziness that, that we see each and every day in the 21st century, apparently back in the mid-70s, there was an episode of, of uh, The Gong Show where two young, girl, young women, I'm going to say probably 18, 19 years old, they weren't underage, but they had the typical 70s attire, you know, uh, cut-off jeans, uh, kind of like a, a checkered top. And, you know, typical 70s look. And they come out with, uh, with these ice, um, what are they, what are they like uh, uh, blow pops. And I know what you're thinking, but they're, you know, they're uh, icicles or popsicle, as um, Wolfman Jack said in American Graffiti. You want a popsicle? Uh, freezer, bro. You want a popsicle? He's just talking to uh, Richard Dreyfus there. But these two girls come out, and they, all they do is suck on, the, on these long, you know, I, uh, uh, blow pops. <laughs> God, I'm getting myself in trouble here. Again, this was over 40 years ago. And they're sitting uh, like, like Indians, and they're doing this, and they're licking it. Very provocative. And the whole, the whole audience knows what's going on here. 
And it went on. So the story is, and I'll, I'll get into the reaction of the three judges, because remember, it was the gong show. Nobody gonged them. Nobody gonged them. There was, remember, there was three people. This was the early, I, I guess you could say this was the early reality show that, that was on television because it was a bunch of crazy people like uh, Gene Gene, the dancing machine, and the unknown comic and so forth. But this was later on in the show as it got racier and racier. And this went on, by the way, for like two, three minutes, which on television is like forever. And they're licking this, and everyone's like, oh, wow, this is incredible. So it, that show aired as the primetime, because they were all wearing tuxedos. That was the primetime version. Although then primetime, it was you know early access. It was like 7, seven o'clock, whichever. And so somebody got to the network and said, if you play that on the West Coast, you're going to be in trouble. The story is, is that one of the two women on the stage doing what they were doing was the daughter to a senator, a U.S. senator. And so thus, the buck stopped there, so to speak, and the show did not air on the West Coast, which is incredible. So getting back to the judges, one of them was Phyllis Diller, and the other two were Jamie Farr and J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan was a singer, and she kind of, she always came across very slutty. Uh, I actually, I never knew who she was. I didn't know who uh, Joy Bahar was before The View. I had no clue. I don't know where these people start before they get into that position, but Typically, when you get to a game show status or the view with the Yentas, that becomes your career. How you got there, I have no idea. But Phyllis Diller had a look on her face of like, this was like, this this is like telling a bad joke in front of your mother when you were like 12 years old. She didn't like it. And she gave him a zero. And and, and you would think because Phyllis Diller, you know, even though she she was kind of that crazy woman with the, you know, with the hair and the long cigarette, ah, you know, the cackle. She actually, you know, she threw away the Phyllis Diller character and basically looked at Chuck Barris and the producers like, this is wrong. You shouldn't have done this. And I give so much. I always liked Phyllis Diller. I always did, even though they always picked on her and the Bob Hope specials and so forth. I always thought she was she was very funny. But I really appreciated her reaction uh, to like, this is absurd. Where are we going with this? Uh, Jamie Farr gave him a zero. And of course, as you would expect, uh, this is 40 something years later. Uh, J.P. Morgan gave him a 10. And she, and then she grabbed one of the popsicles and started doing it herself. Crazy days. That actually aired on primetime TV in the 1970s, at least on the East Coast. Amazing. All right, so I go on. Uh, oh, Danny Francis called in last two. Danny, you're going to love this. Dan, you, you show up a couple times. Danny Francis calls in and tries to deflect his ideology. Ha! Exclamation. Last Tuesday, Crazy Ray called in and talked uh, talked about scantily clad women. Well, I brought that up. This is great because I, this refreshes my memory. What what Crazy Ray has been posting, at least in the last two months on Facebook, are just women who basically aren't wearing any clothes anymore. And by the way, uh, 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 Crazy Ray is is an equal employ uh, uh, opportunity opportunist because. Not all the women are white. Not all there. There's a lot of uh, uh, sisters in there. Sorry for the you know whatever. And then, like I mentioned last week, when I talked to Ray about this, he's got these uh, uh, these Asian ladies cutting hair at a, at a barber shop in string bikinis. Oh my god! So anyway, another observation from last Tuesday. Remember the Buffalo Bills games are on. This is, no one's listening to this observation. Uh, artificial intelligence has some great applications, but uh, reality can't be replaced. So then we move to Wednesday. This according to Brian out in Missouri. Louie called in 
and begins to lambaste uh, Jeff Graham. Curry tells Louie he sounds like Jesse the Body Ventura. I remember this. This was last Wednesday. Uh, bonus points once again for Curry and Louie uh, is oblivious to reference. I don't know what the uh, reference was. On Thursday, great conversation with uh, uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz. Still lots of debate over the great COVID debacle. Uh, one thing we know for sure, according to Brian, the government has an aversion to the truth. Uh, like the doc said, follow the money. There you go. Uh, footnote, Colonel Whiskers, who I'm assuming Colonel Whiskers is Brian himself, uh, has, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Donnie texts Curry on, on Thursday's show. Curry says, I got to uh, give Flat Earth credit. He's a squeaky wheel, and he's crazy at the same time. I remember saying that. Then Donnie calls and says he's coming back to the North Country when the weather warms. You know, it's funny because Donnie, and if you've noticed, SG has not, repeat, has not been calling in on the show lately. And if there's two p- total opposites, polar opposites of people, it's SG and Donnie. But both of them are out in California as we speak. I, I would love to be a fly in the wall if somehow they ran into each other out there. And then also on Thursday, two Roadhouse references in one week. Impressive, Curry. Uh, also, uh, a, I made a poltergeist reference, duly noted. And uh, waiting for the elusive uh, Blues Brothers reference. Well, I don't know if I did that last. Oh, no, I said something. We are on a mission from God. And finally, on Friday, Curry challenges uh, caller John to get off his ass and produce uh, the, the talking bird. Absolutely hilarious. I don't know what that's all about. I can't remember that. Huh. Also about premeditated murders on Friday. I made a Twilight Zone reference during a political discussion. And oh, and this this is funny. He says, glad you're thinking about getting batteries for your flashlight. Well, at that point, I hadn't done it yet. But I did. I, I actually went out this past weekend and bought two D batteries. And I put it in a little bag with a couple of other items. And then I grabbed the bag from the top and the whole thing ripped. Why? Because D batteries are friggin' heavy. Uh, and, by, and I also put them in an old-fashioned, because D batteries are like for the oldest flashlights in the house. Most times you just use a double bat- battery, a uh, double A battery. And those little ones that, 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 that you know, you, you, you see spots for like three hours when you, when you look. Uh, also, have a great weekend listening in, uh, from the Missouri Ozarks. Well, that's great. Awesome. Yes, uh, so Brian is the colonel. I should have known that. 755-1240 is the number. I wanted to share that with you. Right now, the network is currently experiencing technical difficulties. I, I've been having that all week. I often wonder, because from time to time, you know, streaming, streaming services is obviously cheaper. And, you know, because we were dishing out a lot of money for cable not that long ago. But once it went streaming, it cut it in like one-third of what it used to be. There are drawbacks. If you've noticed, um, you, if, if you're watching, for instance, Channel 7 News at 6 o'clock, uh, a blue screen pops up. And some people will say, well, that must be the station's fault. Well, no, it's not. It's, it's the bandwidth. It's just too many people tuning in at the same time. So right now I'm looking at a screen on my phone that says the network is currently experiencing technical difficulties. So this is when you tune into uh, 94 Rock to listen to the game on radio because that is not a good thing. And that's not the first time I've seen that happen. So a lot of people are upset right now. All right, so let's do a break. You're listening to the Live at Five show. We'll be back right after this. Put off getting a new bed. You really want a new bed. Let's Envyenergy.com. All right, welcome back. By the way, the score, 21 zip. Buffalo up 21 nothing. Plus, they got the ball. Uh, right now, they're in their own 
Um, uh, it looks like they just went for a first down. They're close to it. But nonetheless, 21-zip, and there is just... I can't read this. Oh, my eyesight sucks. Five minutes left in the first half. So in the second quarter. So this looks like a, a, a breeze. You shouldn't, know, you shouldn't say that anything can happen, but uh, they're a much better team. There's no doubt about it. So the Buffalo Bills will move on, uh, optimistically speaking, and host... Oh, I wonder, you know, here's a big question, and everyone's asking this in their heads as we speak. Does does uh, Taylor Swift find it in her mind to, to, to shuffle off to Buffalo? To, you know, is, 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 is that enough? For, is that good enough for her? By the way, um, good thing our friend uh, uh, Carrie Plumpton wasn't listening to the hotline show today because Jeff was really getting down in Buffalo. But nonetheless, uh, now that Buffalo looks like they're on the way to move on to the next uh, round, uh, and they and for the first time since they've got into this streak in recent years, instead of going to Kansas City, they're going to host Kansas City. But this year, Kansas City is a whole new dy- uh, dynamic because of the relationship between uh, Taylor Swift and Kelsey. So does Taylor Swift show up in frigid uh, Buffalo where it snows and uh, the accommodations aren't as nice? What are we going to do? Boy, we're supposed, you know, this little you know, chick from Pennsylvania. But anyway, so that's going to be next week. Uh, so, it, by the way, happy uh, Martin Luther King Day. Sorry. So I think it's only apropos that, you know, here it is. I have something, and I found this on News Junkie, of course. It's from The Hill. RFK Jr., that's uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is also running for president, uh, defends FBI Kennedy-era uh, wiretapping of Martin Luther King. So, of course, The Hill and many other, uh, you know, so-called... News services are probably up in arms about this. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. offered a striking justification for the surveillance effort against Martin Luther King during an interview with Politico on Sunday. So the interview was on Politico. This is reported by The Hill. Kennedy, who was seeking the 2024 presidency as an independent, defended his family's authorization of the FBI's wiretapping of the civil rights leader a day before the national holiday honoring Martin Luther King. Uh, the surveillance campaign was done by the FBI under uh, J. Edgar Hoover, not the nicest guy in the world, and authorized by, of course, uh, Robert Kennedy's father, Attorney General at the time, Robert Kennedy. Uh, he says they were uh, betting not only the civil rights movement, but, uh, but their own careers, and that they knew that Hoover was out to ruin King. So I don't know where he goes with all this, but it, you know, some, some of the stuff that, uh, that RFK says, I, I, really like, I, I really like him. Uh, not to mention the legacy of his family. Plus, he looks just like his dad. I feel bad that he can't speak as well anymore. Uh, originally, I thought that was throat cancer. It is not. Uh, I thought maybe he just smoked too many cigars like Colombo or something. It just Apparently, it was just one of those things that it's a rare disorder. And it really, if anything, he doesn't have a chance in hell to, to be uh, the, the candidate of choice for the Democratic Party. But his voice really dampens his ability to go anywhere. Because people are so vain. People just want, you know, everyone look, to look like Gavin Newsom. So RFK Jr. doesn't have a chance. In fact, RFK Jr. worries about his safety. Uh, yet again, there was another example of what they call swatting. It's on News Junkie right now at the top of the page uh, where his house has had that incident on many occasions. So has uh, 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 Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, and, and to be transparent, also some, some Democrats. Today, there was a swatting incident at the White House. To me, that's, I mean, you know, 
back in the 90s, late 80s, whenever, when, when, when uh, carjacking became a thing, and carjacking hasn't gone away. In fact, the majority of carjackings that happen in cities like Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia are committed by 14 and 15-year-old youths. And that's because, you know, it, the penalty for a carjacking, particularly by gunpoint, would probably land you in jail for at least 20, 20 plus years. But if it's committed by a 15-year-old up-and-comer, uh, then they'll be more lenient. But at the end of the day, that kid gives that car to somebody else and they, you know, put it in the black market. The same should be done for swatting. And I know from time to time the Justice Department says, whoa, we have a trend here. You know, it could be crack cocaine. It's like, well, what if you sell marijuana? Well, that's one thing. What if you sell cocaine? Well, that's one. What about heroin? Yes. What about crack cocaine? Yes, that's bad. We got to do something about that. And crack cocaine came out around the mid-80s. Then Three Strikes Are Out came out under Clinton in the 90s. So if you sold marijuana in the 80s, a little bit of, of uh, H in the late 80s, and some crack in the, in the 90s, more than likely you're going to go to jail for 20 years. So they heightened the, the penalties on this. Of course, all of that has gone to crap because no one goes to jail anymore. But swatting, to me, is a serious offense, and it's so, so easy to do. You call in on a burner phone or something. Nobody can detect you where who you are, who you are, or where you were from. And you, you, you say, hey, there's a disturbance going on at a certain residence. Here's the address. And then you hang up. And, of course, uh, the, the, the cavalry shows up looking for, like, a, a mass shooting or something. Very sad that people are doing this. I'm talking about a lot of sad things these days. I try to be positive from time to time. It's very difficult to do because, uh, you know, the majority of people in the world are good. We know that. Um, you know, if, if you get stuck in the snow tonight, someone, someone's going to help you. A lot of people aren't going to help you. <laughs> But someone's going to help you. And it's, it's, it, that's, that's the, the goodness of the human spirit. But there's just so many bad things. Swatting. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine having enough conviction, enough motivation to pick up a phone and call the local authorities via 911 and say something. I couldn't do it. Of course, Glenn Curry couldn't do it because once that was recorded, everyone would say, oh, that's Glenn Curry. <laughs> oh, I know that voice. <laughs> there's only one voice like that. But I wouldn't do it for that reason. I wouldn't do it because it's wrong. And yet today people might justify that. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's awful. That's Swatter House. She deserves it. Just terrible. All right, so the game continues. It's in a commercial break. Buffalo still up 21-0 in the second quarter. 5.53. So we got less than seven minutes left in the show. If you want to call, call me right now, 755-1240. I knew this was going to be a challenge today. Once I found out the game was going to be delayed till today, right smack in the middle of, uh, and don't forget tonight there's uh, the San Francisco. Is the San Francisco play tonight? I don't even know. Uh, there's a game tonight though. Seven five five twelve forty. Other things on news junkie of interest. Uh, Zelensky wants to go to the table uh, in Switzerland uh, to see if they can come up with some type of peace accord. And it's funny because when I the first thing I think of here it is President Zelensky asks Switzerland to organize high level peace conference. And the first thing I think about is, oh, wow, they're losing. That, of course, uh, the country of Ukraine. It, you know, it's amazing, you know, how, how about two years ago, everyone was waiting with bated breath on the first shots fired from the Red Army of the Russian Army uh, north of, uh, of Kiev. And of course, at the time, um, General Milley said that uh, the Russians would be in Kiev in less than 72 hours. Well, it's been almost two years. Of course, a lot of things uh, uh, 
Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, wait a minute. And, I, and you know what? I, I, Danny just texted me. Danny says, and I repeat, uh, verbatim, thank you, Danny. At least someone's listening. I'm, I'm glad. Danny, Danny Francis says the following. No one calling. Do you wonder why not? Your movie yakking is boring. My movie yakking? Was I talking about movies? Huh. Anyway, thanks, Danny. Thanks for listening. In fact, Danny and one person on Facebook might be conceivably the only people listening in right now. But apparently my movie yakking was boring. And uh, someone else said something about this. Whatever. All right. So I don't know what to say other than, well, I don't even know where I just, and now I just got distracted from Danny talking about my yakking. Oh, I accidentally, sorry, Danny. I accidentally called Danny Francis. It wasn't even a butt call. All right, let's go to the phones. Might be Danny himself. Hi, you're on the air. Uh, no, it's not Danny. Yeah, how you doing, my friend? Good. Uh, I was wondering, I wanted to revisit the uh, Taco Bell sign on State Street. <laughs> I talked about it a couple weeks ago, maybe almost a month ago. Yes. Did you ever figure out why it's the height it's at? <clears throat> yeah, um, well, I have, uh, do you have the answer? I have speculation, all right? <laughs> I, I, I pretty much think it's because the building facade for State Street Market right. is so high. Right. In order to see the sign from Public Square at night, you'd have to have it the height it's at. Okay, great. Right. And I agree with you. And I told that to the owner of State Street Market, and, sh- and it's not so much the height, it's the fact that the awning, the canopy, <clears throat> covers up a good portion of the sidewalk. Yes. Right. Yes. And yes. You're, you're absolutely right. Thank you, my friend, for being very observant. However, one thing, one caveat to this. Why is the sign so far away from the actual restaurant? Uh, well, I don't know. Probably because they own the whole lot. Right. But have you ever seen, other than the uh, uh, fast food joints on the side of, uh, of, a, of an interstate where the sign has to be closer to the road, have you ever seen it that far away from the restaurant itself before? Not in the city, no. So my guess is the guy, and he's a genius, whoever did it, the guy who laid it all out said, look, we can get a taller sign because based on this particular rule that you just stated, if the building nearby is covering up the distance from, say, another two or three city blocks, you could build it at this height. That is if it's within proximity of that particular structure. That's why it's at the corner, and that's why it's three stories high. It's a good guess, right? Yeah, very good guess. Yeah. So, wow, you're, you know, okay, so good. I'm glad you brought that up because that was my, I, I thought the same thing the other day. Go ahead. I knew so many negative things were said about, you know, why, you know, people got upset about uh, the fact that it might be out of code or I don't think it had anything to do with that. But you do agree that it is much higher than the typical sign, not just for fast food. It's much taller than the, than the average city sign. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at because people were like Jeff Graham. Come on, Glenn, get over it. Come on, man. <laughs> Seven five five. And um, so anyway, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely. And by the way, for the record, I did say the lots never look better. Jack Lennox used to own that place years ago. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Greyhound bus terminal was falling apart, so it looks much better. It's well lit, and it's a good place, and it employs people. I just, my question is, why was that sign so big? So you're right. The canopy, uh, the awning, whatever, um, that extends, it used to be the old Firestone place, uh, extends over the sidewalk, which they would never allow these days. As a result of that, the, the planners who built uh, the, uh, uh, the Taco Bell said, hey, let's build a bigger sign, and they said to go for it. So you're right. Very good observation, my friend. Yep. All right, thank you. 
You're very welcome. I Have appreciate it. Yes, you too. Uh, and Danny, I'm sorry. I butt called you earlier. I accidentally called you. That happens when you open up someone's text and then you hit the icon for the phone, whichever. Uh, what movie yakking I was talking about, Danny? I have no idea. But I'm sorry I bored you. I mean, that, that, that's a new low for Glenn Curry. I mean, not for nothing, because I knew today was going to be a challenge. But then the one text that I do get is then he says, I'm boring. Like, wow. Jeez. Thanks. Thanks for the love, Dan. Where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? Sorry. And we're down to our last 20 seconds. And uh, we'll do this tomorrow. So uh, John Morgia comes in. I'll find out more when John gets here what we're talking about. Uh, John always brings some interesting things about the community. And uh, we'll talk to him then. Up until now, uh, it's uh, 21-0. AM 1240, WA 10, Watertown. That makes us legal. Up next, of course, CBS News. See you tomorrow. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Matt Piper in Des Moines with the candidates and the caucus goers. I was actually made my decision last night.